Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Welcome to a brand new week of bringing clarity to the chaos. Today, we look at how we know Jesus is returning soon, and we answer the question, will the church go through the tribulation? All this month, we're offering a special thank you gift to our supporters, God's Promise Box, a beautiful painted canvas cloth box depicting the Lion of Judah looking over the holy city of Jerusalem. This box is filled with Bible verses that remind us every day of God's promises. It's our hope that this will be a daily encouragement to you and your family. Get your promise box for a gift of $100 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Staff evangelist James Collins begins our time today with Eric Barger. Eric Barger refers to today's message as one of the most important messages in his 30-plus years of ministry. Fulfilled Bible prophecy is the focus here. In particular, the extraordinary volume of direct prophetic fulfillments in modern times. Specifically, how we know that Jesus is returning soon. In Matthew 24, 3, we read about a day when Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives when his disciples came to him with a question. The disciples asked the Lord, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Then Jesus proceeded to answer their question by listing the signs that will be evident just before his return. Joining me today on The Watchman on the Wall to talk about the signs of the times is Eric Barger. Eric is no stranger to our program, having been on many, many times before. After spending two decades immersed in the world as a record producer, rock musician, drug addict, and practicing New Ager, Eric Barger is now widely recognized in the area of Christian apologetics and discernment ministry. He's the author of several books and has produced dozens of videos detailing various aspects of the occult, cults, world religions, spiritual warfare, current events, and Bible prophecy. Today, Eric is here to talk about his DVD titled, 10 Reasons Why Jesus is Returning Soon. Welcome, Eric. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks so much for joining me today. Brother, it's always my pleasure, and I'm glad to do it. Well, before we talk about 10 reasons why Jesus is returning soon, I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce you to our listeners. Would you tell us how you came from rock and roll to the rock of ages? Well, I'll definitely give the abbreviated version of it. When I'm in a church, it might take 45 minutes. I'll try to take less than 40 seconds with this. <laughs> but I grew up in a kind of a Christian home, and by that I mean I was sent to Sunday school as a little boy, and i was baptized against my will when I was two years of age. I think that's backwards, by the way, folks. Right, yeah. It should be after you get saved. But I was around those things, and yet I was not a Christian, never challenged about it, never heard the gospel that I remember anyway. Got off into all the wrong stuff with all the wrong friends and began to play in bands, and I had a goal that I was somehow going to make it in the music business, which all that would have done is facilitated the drug use, and the lifestyle that I was already living in a more detrimental way. But 
My wife and I hit rock bottom, and I wanted nothing to do with Christianity, yet I suggested we get a Christian counselor. Now, I've figured that out. Of course, God can speak through a donkey. He can definitely speak through me. (laughs) But we uh, went to a real, live, bona fide Christian counselor. And in Seattle, in the 1970s, if you picked a counselor out of the phone book, you didn't know what you were going to get, because there was so much New Age and secularism, and of course there still is. But back then... Seattle was leading the way in in the New Age movement, and my wife came to Christ in a counseling session with me sitting there, and I just completely rejected it. I left home for three weeks and slept on the studio floor. I'd helped build a couple of recording studios, and I was managing a third one at that point. Along the way, right at a time when I was ready to walk out on my family, God got in the middle of it and saved me and changed me, and that's what the beginning of the ministry really was. Within two years, we were in full-time ministry, and I would not recommend that to anybody, Brother James, but that's what God did with us. He moved us along quickly. He may have put us in ministry just for the fact that he could keep my attention that way, but he definitely got a hold of me and Melanie. She was swearing like a truck driver, and she was a drug user, and I was a drug abuser, and changed us, shaped us, and now we're in our 39th year of full-time apologetics and discernment ministry, and on any given year that's normal, whatever that is, I would travel 200-plus days a year across the country and literally around the world, and I'm not traveling a whole lot now because of the pandemic, but I am grateful that we're just as busy every day doing what we do and using our TV facilities here. I couldn't be any busier, and I'd need a lot more staff if I was to be busier than I am. So that's kind of the nutshell. I know that's your nutshell story, but I want to ask you specifically about the New Age movement. You were in the New Age movement at one time. Is that why you're so passionate about helping people to break free from the occult and from the New Age movement? Well, any ism can destroy you if Mm -hmm. it's not Christ-centered. And, you know, the devil has a different lie for a lot of different reasons for different people, so he can catch people. But in the very beginning, I was very passionate about I wanted to somehow show the people or display Christ to the people in the New Age movement, because I knew he was the thing they were looking for. Right. They didn't know it, but he is the answer. He is exactly what they're looking for, be they globalist thinkers, be they environmentalists. Jesus is the answer for every one of the questions and every one of the misguided reasons that most of these people are doing what they do. And I was looking for spiritual experiences, but I didn't realize that really when you have Jesus, your quest is over, and it's a wonderful thing to be at peace and to lay down at night and not be trying to somehow produce more or be more for all for yourself. It's all about Him. So it was a passion to see the lost in the New Age movement saved in the beginning, and that kind of branched out, and now it's really just about showing the world who Christ is by relating the Bible to them, because it all does come back to, do you believe the Bible? Every argument always comes back to, are you going to trust the Scripture, or are you going to keep on doing it your way? Let's talk about 10 reasons why Jesus is returning soon. My wife and I watched this DVD over the weekend. It is excellent teaching, take it right from the Word of God. Now, I want to start by asking you a question that you actually bring up at the beginning of the DVD. If over one-third of the Bible is prophetic, why is it, Eric, that most churches today will not talk about Bible prophecy? This is a hobby horse of mine, and I may ride it for a while here, because it's a crazy thing 
that we're living in this time when the signs are all around us that the end is coming, and we don't know when that's going to be, and we're not to be fatalistic, but most of the church doesn't know. They're blinded participants in the perilous times, is one of the slides I put up on the screen. And it's only because leadership has decided that it's somehow not tasteful to talk about these things. That's because they've been taught to teach only light and fluffy topics, things that make people feel good. Church growth experts claim that if you teach on dark topics or on negative topics, that you'll run people away. And I tell you what, people are looking for answers today. We live in a crazy world. And there's no way that we can look at the news and not figure out that this isn't the way it ought to be. So we need to be teaching on these topics. But so many pulpits are silent on these issues, and they have decided to cherry-pick from the Bible only the things that they think are pleasant. I think that's an offense to God's Word. Well, you make a great point in this DVD when you speak about the Old Testament prophecies being literally fulfilled in detail in the first coming of Jesus. Doesn't it stand to reason that the prophecies about his second coming will also be literally fulfilled in detail? Oh, exactly. God has not changed his mind about things, things that God never said. I saw a list of this recently. One of the things was whoops. (laughs) Whoops. Whoops. You know, God has never changed his mind. He has not made a mistake. This is the perfect God of the universe who created everything and all that we understand. In the body of Jesus Christ, this is God speaking to us, telling us that he's going to fulfill his word. And like it or not, God is going to do it. And a lot of people, especially you see the secular world, but even in the church, people don't want him to come. They have all their plans of what they're going to do. And I tell you what, one second after the rapture of the church, we won't care about any of the plans we had here on earth because of where we'll be and the existence that we'll be in as Christians will be beyond anything else and any plan I might have here didn't matter. That doesn't mean we shouldn't plan. I'm planning for a long, long life. I have good genes in my lineage on both sides that live long lives. I'm planning for that, and I'm planning on doing God's work the rest of my life. I'm not going to retire. I think retirement is something pastors should put off their list of things to do. Mm-hmm. We should continue in some form or fashion, writing, evangelizing, whatever it might be, whatever God leads us to. But he's going to fulfill his word, and whether that happens in my lifetime or not, I'm going to continue on as if my life is as unending. But here's the thing. He is going to come at some point, and the signs around us, the things we're going to talk about here in just a minute, tell us that he's coming soon. They make an announcement to us if we'll have eyes that understand what the Scripture is speaking. Amen. Well, we certainly do see the signs that point to the soon return of Jesus, so let's talk about some of those signs now. You focus on this DVD on 10 signs. The first one is deception. Tell me about the deception we find today. Well, as you begin to lead in, and I didn't know that you were going to bring up Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3, but that's a paramount verse in Bible prophecy, and I'll tell you why I believe that. Certainly Jesus lists the uh, wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and earthquakes and so on in just a minute in the passage. That's down in, uh, I think, verse 5 and 6. But in verse 3, the disciples are curious. They're inquisitive, just like we are. When's he coming? How is he going to do it? And they're asking those questions. This isn't the only time, by the way, that this is brought up to him. But Jesus says to them, he doesn't start out with the long laundry list of things he's going to do. The first thing he says 
to the people who have lived with him, who believe in him, who have given up everything to follow him and eventually would die for him, those people, he says to them, be careful that you're not deceived. Now, if he says that to them, how much easier would it be for us as believers 2,000 years later to be deceived? We ought to take that to heart. Jesus was concerned for them, or he wouldn't have led that passage that way, and I believe you speaking to our generation through those same words, be careful you're not deceived. And I always point that out. That's a message within itself, that if those men could be deceived, then we need to be watchful. Mm -hmm. We need to be cognizant of what is happening around us. And deception will be one of the great marks. And naturally, there's been deception for a long time. There were, there were cults when Jesus walked the earth. So deception is nothing new, but we have spiritual deception in my slides I'm looking at right now in my computer. I have political deception next. We have deception in business. We have deception all around us. So deception is a mark, and as it increases, as we see this increase, we should take note that this is one sign. Now, let me say that if we take one or two or three of these signs and say, well, see, it's all happening, that's one thing, and that's good evidence. But if you look at the 10 that I've picked out, and there could be a 100, there could be maybe, who knows, maybe more than a 100 signs that we could pick out or we could parse down to be a different sign than the 10 major ones I have. So if you begin to look at these signs and you see the groundswell of these signs happening around us, you should take note of that because the Scripture speaks that that will happen in the end. My guest is Eric Barger, and we're talking about his DVD, 10 Reasons Why Jesus is Returning Soon. You can get this great teaching DVD by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Eric, the second sign you examine is apostasy. What exactly is apostasy as defined in the Bible, and how is it prevalent today? Apostasia is the word it comes from, but apostasy is someone who believes something and then has decided not to believe it. Now, this is not an argument about can you lose your salvation. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who have claimed to be Christian. There's a lot of people like that walking around the earth, Brother James, you know that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that walk around, call themselves Christian, believe because they got baptized when they're babies, they're Christian, or believe because their family were Christians, that they're Christians. Christianity by osmosis through a family, and there are a lot of people that just would identify with Christianity, but they really have never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. We have people all through our churches, our good churches, who are in that state today. That's why I never fail to evangelize when I'm out speaking, because the people in the church need that challenge as much as the people out in the world. But apostasy is somebody, or apostate is someone who, who once believed something and now doesn't. And we're full of that in the church. We have seminaries we never thought would ever lose their way, who are teaching things that are far afield from the Scripture. We have churches and whole denominations doing the same thing. There's going to be a great falling away, the Apostle Paul says, a great apostasia. There's that word. The two words, falling away, in the King James in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, are one word in the Greek, which is apostasy. So there's going to be an apostasy, a falling away, a deception of those who claim to be something. We're seeing it all around us. We certainly have tares growing among the wheat, don't we? We sure do. The third sign that you discuss was eye-opening for me. Your third sign is false Christ. Now, 
being a Bible scholar myself, I was familiar with some of these false Christ, Jim Jones, David Koresh, some of the ones that you talk about in the DVD, but I had never heard of Jose Miranda. Now, I understand that he died since you produced this DVD, but the things you show about him were chilling. Tell me about Jose Miranda and the rise of some of these false Christs that we see in the world today. Well, he was very popular in places where there's lots of Hispanic folks in Central and South America. He claimed that he was God, and he, he preached there is no devil and there is nothing called sin in the world. So those things are way off. And he claimed that there were 30 countries where people were following him, and his followers called him Daddy. His daughter... I have a little video inside of my video where John Barella of CNN was interviewing his daughter while she was having a tattoo put on the back of her neck, and the tattoo said 666. Oh, yes. Now, he claimed to be both God and the Antichrist. He says the devil, hell, and sin are non-existent. Prayer is a waste of time. Ten commandments are irrelevant. His followers believe that God's chosen people destined for salvation is everyone, no matter what they do here on earth. So he had a universalistic idea as well, and he believes that other faiths and all of the other religions must be destroyed. But he died of cirrhosis of the liver. I think it was in August of 2013 he passed away. I'm looking at my notes now. These people who would make these claims, any of the cult leaders, you know, we all know what happened with Harold Camping claiming the world was going to end and then claiming it again, and it didn't happen either time. And this is what happens when people begin to claim that there's something they're not or begin to claim that the dates are going to happen just like they say and they proclaim their word is infallible. We're all fallible. And every one of us, including the most righteous man that's listening right now, everybody could be wrong. That's why we continue to go back to check ourselves by what the Word of God says. I'm sure our listeners will want to have their own copy of this outstanding DVD, 10 Reasons Why Jesus is Returning Soon. They can get a copy by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. This is an eye-opening study, and you should definitely get a copy for yourself, your friend, or your Bible study group. This has been such an exciting and fascinating topic today. We're going to have Eric Barger back with us next time. Eric, I appreciate you being on the program with me today. My pleasure, brother. Thank you, gentlemen. We will continue to look at the concrete reasons that we know Jesus is returning soon next time. Get your own copy of the complete teaching from Eric Barger by calling 1-800-652-1144 or online swrc.com. Will the church go through the tribulation? Staff evangelist James Collins takes a look at the biblical differences in the rapture and the second coming. I am excited to be a part of a new book published by Beacon Street Press titled, Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation?, which is available at swrc.com. To answer the question, will the church go through the tribulation? No. No, the church will not go through the tribulation. There is a distinct difference between the rapture and the second coming. Now, some of you may disagree with me, and that's okay. Whether you and I do or do not agree about the rapture, it will have no effect on our salvation in Jesus Christ. 
However, for those who disagree, I strongly believe that rather than my being sorely disappointed, you will instead be pleasantly surprised at the rapture. There are many differences between the rapture and the second coming. At the rapture, Jesus comes for his church. At the second coming, Jesus comes back with his church. At the rapture, Jesus waits in the air for his church. At the second coming, Jesus comes to the earth. At the rapture, the church is removed and unbelievers are left behind. At the second coming, unbelievers are removed, but the tribulation saints are left behind. At the rapture, Jesus comes to present his bride to the Father. At the second coming, Jesus comes to judge and set up his kingdom. At the rapture, the marriage of the Lamb in heaven follows the rapture. At the second coming, the marriage is followed by war on the earth. At the rapture, only the church will see him. At the second coming, every eye will see him. At the rapture, Jesus descends with a shout. At the second coming, no shout is mentioned. At the rapture, a resurrection takes place. At the second coming, no resurrection is spoken of. At the rapture, angels are not sent. Jesus comes himself. At the second coming, angels are sent to gather people for judgment. At the rapture, earthly bodies are changed to heavenly bodies. At the second coming, the church returns in their heavenly bodies. At the rapture, Jesus does not return on a white horse. At the second coming, Jesus does return on a white horse. At the rapture, Jesus' return is for his church. At the second coming, Jesus returns for redeemed Israel and for the tribulation saints. The rapture is a message of hope and comfort. The second coming is a message of judgment. The rapture can happen at any time. The second coming can only happen at the end of the tribulation. I'm sure that was not an exhaustive listing, but with it we can see that the rapture and the second coming are not one and the same. The seven-year period of tribulation on the earth will be a time of God's wrath on earth like never before. God will judge the nations and through this self-same judgment bring Israel back in faith believing. But concerning his bride, the church, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. He promised again in Revelation 3.10, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Also, some see Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 as a clear reference to the church being raptured. On the other hand, some do not, even though they believe in the rapture. Personally, I believe that this passage is most definitely referring to the church being taken up to heaven in the rapture. In Revelation 4, 1, the Bible says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Notice that this verse begins with the word after and ends with hereafter. In chapter 1 of Revelation, we see Jesus revealed in his glory. 
in chapters 2 and 3, Jesus is speaking to the church. He then transfers the Apostle John to heaven in chapter 4, verse 1, to continue the prophecy. In chapter 1, we see the eternal I am. In chapters 2 and 3, we see the present day and age of the church period. Then beginning at chapter 4, verse 1, he immediately takes us past the church age to the future. If I go and see a play and there are three acts to the play, I'll see one act after another, not all three acts at one time. Neither do they overlap in any way. If I attend a music concert, I'll listen to one song after the other, not all at one time. Neither do they overlap in any way. Neither do the church age and the tribulation period coexist or overlap in any way. One follows the other. As in a play, Act 1 comes before Act 2. Act 2 comes after Act 1 and before Act 3. Act 3 comes after Act 2. The Apostle John has shown the church age, and then he is raptured up to heaven to see what follows the end of the church age. To me, you just can't get any clearer than that. After means after. So there's no doubt that Jesus will come in the clouds and eagerly claim his bride, the church, for himself by seizing her and snatching her away by force to heaven at the end of the church age. The next act will be the tribulation after the rapture. The tribulation period is a time of intense judgment by God. What groom would beat the living daylights out of his bride and then say, okay, now let's go get married? It wouldn't happen. Some say that the church has suffered persecution down through the years, so why would she not suffer during the tribulation? The reason is quite simple. Persecution has come from evil men who carry out the deeds of their father, the devil. Judgment comes from God. The tribulation, as I have already stated, is not persecution. It's judgment. God is not going to judge those who he already promised will be protected from his wrath to come. So no, the church will not go through any part whatsoever of the tribulation. The church will be raptured, snatched up, harpazoed before the tribulation. And the tribulation will commence after the rapture. The important question is, do you know Jesus? If you're not a believer, then you should get to know him today before the rapture comes and you are left behind. This is James Collins reminding you that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Today in the Resource Center, we have a Barger Bundle featuring three of Eric Barger's most important teachings. These DVDs offer insight and encouragement that we all need. First, we have 10 Reasons Why Jesus is Returning Soon. Fulfilled Bible prophecy is the focus of this DVD, in particular, the extraordinary volume of direct prophetic fulfillments in modern times, all pointing to Jesus' soon return. Second DVD is called The Real Jesus Versus The Counterfeits. This timely message holds important apologetic insight to help you identify the imposters, and most importantly, it'll help you defend the authentic biblical Jesus. And third, The Proof and the Power of the Resurrection. 
This faith-building message debunks the agnostic theories about the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. In all, over three hours of dynamic teaching, all three DVDs are available for a gift of $40 or more when you visit swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Eric Barger will continue looking at how we know Jesus is returning soon. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.